Welcome to the College Football Bros. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who misses the FedEx Orange Bowl. Uh, yeah, me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who misses the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Both of those nostalgic to me, but Trey Newman. All right, I guess Trey's the one that misses them both. Ryan, you didn't sound too convinced. Yeah, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, I miss more than the FedEx Orange Bowl. All right, fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we are recording this episode on Friday, December 20th. So just keep that in mind in case we miss any big news, any players sitting out, things like that. Uh, but let's get right into it. Let's just start with the four non-playoff New Year's Six games. And the first one is on Saturday, December 28th. And it is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. It's Memphis against Penn State. Penn State's favorite seven. What do you think, Trey? Well, first of all, we know that Memphis's Mike Norvell isn't going to coach this one. Uh, he's off to Florida State and not going to not going to coach. But well, lot, Trey, unless in the next few days he decides to come back and coach. Fair point. We gotta, fair point. We have, have to a, everything the, we say. We have to qualify here. That's true. Could have that weird <laughs> last second change of heart. Uh, <laughs> totally. No, but a lot of people think of Memphis as a high flying offense. And, and that's pretty much true. But it really relies on the run and ground game with Kenneth Gainwell. He needs only 43 scrimmage yards. He would be the only the only the second freshman in 15 years to uh, eclipse 2,000. Jonathan Taylor, oh, was oh. the other one. Okay, I sounded like uh, it was going to be a trivia question, but I could, I yeah, you should have made that a I trivia was, question. I was leaning with like Adrian Peterson or something, but that was the first name that came to mind oh, for me. Yeah, also, that would have been that would have been right in the time range. But uh, but I will say the problem for Gainwell is Penn State led the nation in yards per rush allowed. Brady White, I think he'll still be able to get some of his yards through the air for Memphis, but I don't think they'll do well at at stomp, stopping Penn State. I think Sean Clifford's going to find KJ Hamler, Journey Brown's going to run well. I think they're going to overpower Memphis. So I think the Nittany Lions are going to finish the year with a with a big win. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I, I'm going to take Memphis, and I'm surprised Trey's going against his his Memphis squad. Hey, I picked him to get to the New Year's Six. That's all yeah. I could do. All right. <laughs> well, anyways, I, I I think they have the better overall offense. Maybe not by much, but I would give the slight edge to Brady White and company. Although Trey does mention the defense. That's um, Penn State has the clear advantage in that, that battle. But I don't know. Give Memphis a whole month to prepare for this. And you know, the, um, Memphis has got a lot of playmakers. DeMonte Coxey on the outside is a tough matchup for anybody. He's a great mm-hmm. player. So even if Penn State does have good coverage and whatever that, Coxey can still make a play. So I think Penn St- I think Memphis is going to be able to move the ball, even in tough situations like Penn State will present. Um, I just don't see Penn State's offense being able to completely control Memphis's defense. So I'm going to take the points here and say it'll be about a like, field goal type-ish game. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. I agree with what you said about Memphis's offense. I, I think they're going to be able to move the ball through the air. Uh, you didn't even mention Antonio Gibson, another great no, playmaker yeah. they have, I guess, on the ground and through the air. So so yeah, I think the offense, even without a running game, which they might be sort of without in this one because of, like you said, Trey, Penn State's great rushing defense, I still think they can they can put up some points. And Penn State's offense is fine. And of course, Sean Clifford is expected to be healthy for this one. 
but at least in the second half of the year, they're not putting up huge numbers. They're not putting up a huge amount of points in really any game. So I don't think Memphis is going to have to chase some big number. So I will say they can, with plus seven, I'll, I'll go with Memphis. Unless they unless they forfeit the game between now and then, we have to yeah, qualify. True. We, that could happen. Yeah, so, good. right. Uh, Monday, December 30th, we have the Capital One Orange Bowl, or the Orange Bowl, as as people in Florida like to say. Or yeah. maybe that's the Northeast. <laughs> I don't know. Orange. Our grandma said orange. Yeah. But she was from Connecticut, lived in Florida. Anyway. Yeah. They're, Florida's minus. Like water. And water. Yeah, yeah water. Mm-hmm. That's like a Pennsylvania thing, too, I think. Wooter. It, how about, <laughs> it's the Flex Seal guy. It even works under water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Florida minus four. Is that Phil Swift? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his name Whatever. is. Whatever. All right. Can I, should we get to the game? Oh yeah, sure. there's a game. I think I think I've said this like four times, but Florida is minus fourteen against Virginia. What do you see here, Ryan? Um, man, I I know Virginia just got smoked in their last game out, but it it was Clemson, so I'm gonna kind of give them a little bit of a pass on that one. Everybody's gonna get smoked by Clemson. I just think that they're going to want to come into this game with everything they have because they know that they have nothing to lose. You know, if I was Florida in this situation, I mean, yeah, it's great today. They went 10-2. They're in a New Year's Six game, but maybe they feel a little bit like, okay, bummed out that they got to play Virginia, kind of like somebody that they're supposed to beat pretty handily. Some motivation I feel like maybe actually could play a factor here. And before that Clemson game, Virginia had won four in a row to finish the regular season. So it was like they were actually playing well. It just... Clemson's just a different beast. So I think they can hang with Florida. Florida doesn't, I mean, they have a good offense, but I wouldn't call it great. And I feel like Virginia has enough. Bryce Perkins can make enough plays with his feet to at least keep this thing interesting. So I'm going to take the the points again uh, and I'll take Virginia. Okay. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Florida. I just, I trust Dan Mullen to, to get the team motivated. Of course, we saw what happened in, in last year's bowl game. I know they were they had more reason to be motivated in that one against Michigan, but but still, Dan Mullen's a great coach, so give him this amount of time to prepare, and I'm going to go with him, especially against a defense that, you know, especially the secondary really struggled this the back half of the year. Of course, they've had some injuries and and still have a, a couple really good players out, so I think Florida's offense will have success, and I think they're maybe a little bit underrated. They're seventh in Massey Peabody offensively, so it is a, a really good offense. And I also think the defense is just too good for a Virginia offense that is somewhat of a one-man show. I mean, Bryce Perkins is great, but when you're going up against this Florida defense, which might be getting Jabari Zuniga back at defensive end, he's been out most of the year, pair him with um, with Jonathan Grenard, again, if he doesn't sit out. Uh, and I think that's, that's going to be tough for that Virginia O-line. So uh, yeah, I'm going to take Florida and I'm going to make him my lock. Michael, you made some compelling points here. Uh, I've been on that Dan Mullen Gator train since he was hired. I, I love the Gators, and I I loved them this year. They're actually they were one of the best teams against the spread, and my gut says the Gators. But I'm just going to take Virginia because no one is giving them a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win, but uh, I'll take them with with all these points. Virginia, they're they're super excited to be here, and. Ryan, you mentioned Bryce Perkins be able to make some plays with his feet. I think some of that will be able to neutralize some of that Gators uh, talent on defense, at least 
I hope here. Uh, this is probably the least confident pick I have of, of the bowl season so far. But I think Bronco Mendehall will really learn from that Clemson pounding and add a few wrinkles to to be ready. All right. And also, we didn't mention there, CJ Henderson, uh, Florida's star corner, is going to be sitting this one out. So there's added benefit for Virginia, your Virginia pick there. There you go. Uh, Wednesday, January 1st, New Year's Day, we've got the Rose Bowl game presented by Northwestern Mutual. Um, I don't know why I say the sponsors, yeah. but it's it's part of it. You're getting paid to say it, so, you know. I'm not. <laughs> Oregon against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's favored two and a half. And this one is is tough because, for the most part, Wisconsin's defensive front has been pretty dominant against the run this season although except against Nebraska for some weird region reason. Yeah. Uh, but Oregon might have the best offensive line in the country. So I'm not quite sure who's going to win that matchup. But just because of what happened in that Pac-12 championship where Oregon just ran all over an incredible Utah D-line, I'm going to bet on Oregon here. Um, I think they'll have enough su- success offensively to to keep this a close game. And I like the fact that Oregon on the other side of the ball is one of the 10 or 15 best rush defenses in the country. So they match up pretty well with, of course, what Wisconsin always wants to do is hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, I'll take two and a half points. I totally agree, Michael. I'm I'm taking the Ducks as well. That performance that you talked about against Utah was really one of the best of the season around the country. And they showed that how good that they're that they're good can be uh, both mm-hmm. on offense and defense. Uh, I know they've been kind of shaky at times but they've really shown up in their biggest games you look at utah at usc earlier like they at uw so um i they'll obviously be up for the rose bowl and behind that superior offensive line that you talked about with guys like penny sewell like i really like that because the ducks they're not one-dimensional and that could hurt the badger badgers and the other side of it is i'm kind of banking on the fact that the badgers uh, that second half debacle they had against Ohio State where they got out game 27 nothing. I think maybe that was the, the lasting image in my in my mind compared to what Oregon did. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you guys actually here. I'm going to go with the Badgers. I just feel like they've been... I know people are kind of overreacting to Oregon's win against Utah when Utah played about as poorly as you can play and... I don't know. That's kind of the reasoning why I'm going with it. Just kind of going against the grains like, hey, I'm trying not to re- overreact. I'm trying to look at the whole body of work. Oregon's offensive line is supposed to be so dominant, but how come they weren't dominant the entire year? They weren't running all that great. So, And their their offense was stagnant at times. I think Wisconsin is a very, very good defense. They're going to hold up. They're going to bring pressure. They're going to force some Herbert tough throws, maybe get a pick or two. And I trust Jonathan Taylor and that offense to come up with a few wrinkles. They always seem to have a few for bowl games. I think they're going to play really, really well. And I think the Badgers are going to win this one. You going to lock it in, Ryan? I mean, that was, you just kind of owned us there. I felt like a lock. No, you know, what? What's speaking of that, speaking of Ryan last episode, I'm oh, going to do no. the, the post lock. Oh, wow. Yeah, the I'm making Oregon my lock. Okay. Just a lock right. for Trey. Yep. Okay. You should know what my lock's going to be. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's this next <laughs> yeah. game. We've got the All-State Sugar Bowl, uh, also on New Year's Day. And Georgia is minus six and a half against Ryan's Baylor. Uh, but we'll go to Trey first. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, most of the time when a team loses their conference championship in heartbreaking fashion, I'd stay away. But I'm, re- I'm going to stick with Baylor here. They're plenty excited 
to get to play in the Sugar Bowl against a team like Georgia. This would be their biggest bowl win in program history. Now, we the one thing we don't know as we record this is the status of Charlie Boer uh, from his concussion in the Big 12 title. So this is kind of all contingent on that. So I, I like Baylor here with him. Uh, Georgia was in this very game last year. They lost to Texas. They just got trucked by LSU. I, I don't see, even with the time off, the offense taking a, a, a big step forward, especially against a Baylor defense that's you know led by James Lynch. He led the Big 12 in sacks. Uh, Baylor, they've won five straight against the spread. I think they're going to make it six. I'm going with Baylor as well. I have a feeling it's going to be a sweep after Ryan gives his pick too. I just don't have any confidence really in the Georgia offense right now, especially with both of their tackles skipping this game to focus on the NFL, Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson to, you know, two of their best players really. And then Ben Cleveland, another offensive lineman is reportedly academically ineligible. So just, it already wasn't a good situation. This Georgia offense uh, at the end of the season here and now missing those guys and the receiving core, of course, has had some injuries. Guys continue to be out. Um, Lawrence Cager, I don't think is supposed to be back. Um, of course, uh, who's the other receiver that tore his ACL? Uh, the freshman. And uh, what's or that? Blaylock or Pickens? Yeah, uh, Dominic Blaylock. No, Pickens yeah, is healthy, but that's right. anyway. So yeah, I, I don't think Jake Fromm is gonna is gonna have a, a good game here, uh, especially like you say, Trey, against a good Baylor defense. And another reason I like Baylor is the over under in this game is forty one and a half. That's the second lowest total of any bowl game. So six and a half points in a low scoring environment like that is kind of a lot. So yeah, give me the bears. Yeah. You guys just kind of set everything there for me. I, it's a good pick. I feel like with the, with those offensive linemen gone, you got James Husker Lynch, all American going up (laughs) against some inexperienced tackles. He's going to make some plays. They got a good D line, great defense overall, hard hitting defense. And yeah, I don't, I agree with Trey. I don't think there's going to be any hangover from Baylor after a loss. I mean, Georgia lost and they got hurt. They lost by a lot more than uh, than Baylor did. So plus Baylor had already had a tough loss earlier in the year against OU and people were thinking, oh, maybe now they're going to kind of have a hangover. They just completely dominated the, the next couple games. So I'm not seeing I'm not seeing Georgia being able to light up this defense at all. Both offenses are kind of struggling. You already mentioned the, the low total. So yeah, I, I, I got to take Baylor. Seems like the logical pick. And I'm going to make them my lock. Of course. I forgot to play the uh, Baylor fight song while you were talking there. But uh, I'll turn my little fact into a trivia question for you guys. So what is the lowest total of any bowl game? I said this one's the second lowest. Oh. I'll give you a hint. because Wait, San Diego State. Oh. Central yeah. Michigan. Central yes. Michigan. Very well, good. Uh, Ryan, I wouldn't have come well, up with that San right Diego away. San Diego State's like... <laughs> yeah, just yeah. think of a team that doesn't <laughs> score and it's yeah. a great defense and that's yeah. San Diego State. Uh, okay, before we get to the playoff semifinals, uh, we're going to take a little break here with a top five list from me, and it is the top five players and coaches with the best names for Christmas. Okay. Because I think we're going to be releasing this, you know, right around Christmas. So here we go. Number five is Mason Rudolph, former quarterback for Oklahoma State. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We're going former players now. Okay, yeah, it could be current. anybody. Yeah. Okay. Number four, Frosty Rucker. Oh, yeah. De- defensive end USC. for USC in 05. I was just watching the uh, 
that Texas USC national championship on ESPN Classic. Well, not Classic. They don't even have that anymore, do they? It was on ESPNU, I think. I don't know if they have it or not. They, they do, but it's oh, standard def. So, oh, stand, are you serious? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, like, yeah, it is on you versus Michael. If you go to channel six oh five, I believe it is, oh, or six oh three, okay. I think it is. I guess it kind of makes sense that it's standard def because most of the games are in standard def. Yeah, but, yeah, but they don't give it an HD channel. All right. Well. Uh. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Frosty Wrecker. Number three. Doc Holiday. There's a current nice. current head coach nice. for Marshall. Also could have gone with Carlisle Holiday, former I was Notre Dame of, quarterback. Yeah, Doc and Carlisle, those are the only ones I was coming up with here. I'm trying to yep. think of what others there'd be. Why, oh, this is deja vu. I know we talked about Carlisle Holiday last episode yeah, or true. a couple episodes ago. That's what made me think of this. Uh, number two, Noel Devine, former Ooh. running back for West oh. Virginia. He's got the Noel and he's got the Devine because it's a, a religious holiday, of course. Yeah, so. sure. We get that it, was Mike. a good one. I'm just, you know, <laughs> spelling it out. For I us. need to fill some time here, guys. <laughs> number one, this one is just. Once I thought of this guy, I was like, okay, I, I got to put him number one. Demarcus Christmas, defensive oh, tackle wow. for Florida State, just graduated last year, so easy choice. There you go, like Raheem Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. Was he a Temple basketball player? Or I think no? so. Okay, uh, so- sounds right. You impressed with player. my hoops knowledge there? Hopefully, it's right. I don't. Know. I don't know actually where he went. I I won't pretend to know. By the way, last episode, uh, where were you guys when I when I called FAU a Sun Belt team? You know, during your long winded responses, I tend to get some stuff done on my my end. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, easily missed missed that one. Well, I apologize for that, and when a listener alerted me to that, I was horrified with myself and ashamed. To be fair, they used to be in the conference, so... Yeah, that's what I was thinking, totally. Right, yeah. Um, the By the way, the least Christmassy person, do you know who the least Christmassy name is? Divine Diablo? Ooh, no, but that's a good effort there. Uh, Alex Grinch. Ah, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> okay, now what people are probably tuned in for the playoff and we will start with they're both on uh, saturday december 28th we'll start with the chick-fil-a peach bowl number four oklahoma against number one lsu and lsu's favored 13 and a half trey what uh, what are you looking for here so first off some some player news as of the time of recording clyde edwards hilaire supposedly got injured in practice and his status is unknown and then on the OU side, they suspended three players with the biggest loss being Ronnie Perkins, perhaps their best pass rusher. And then and breaking news, as, as I saw, they lost their safety, Turner Yell. He's a broken collarbone and won't be playing. Whoa, so I didn't even see oh, that. Yeah, just, so they Oklahoma not coming in at, at full strength here. But, um, you know, so as for the game itself, I'm aware Oklahoma – they obviously haven't fared well in the playoff. They're they're zero three. I don't see them winning this game whatsoever, but I can see them covering. You know, all month, all the Sooners are hearing is that they have they don't have a chance. They're not going to do it against the Heisman winner, and yeah, they they might not win, but I think they're going to rally behind that and generate an, at least enough stops to keep it respectable. And we know LSU's defense. The last couple of games, they've been lights out. But they're vulnerable to giving up points. They they gave up back-to-back weeks a few weeks ago. Alabama and Ole Miss both put up more than 37. So I could see Jalen Hurts and, and Joe Burrow exchanging blows for a little while before LSU kind of flexes their muscle late. But I'll take the Sooners to at least cover. 
Yeah, I'm I'm going to go the other way here, Trey. I'm I'm going with LSU. They've treated me well this year, and I just think it's a a good matchup for them. They have a very good secondary led by Grant Delpit and Derek Stingley, as we know. And you know, you'd imagine Stingley would be on C.D. Lamb for most of the game, and Lamb is obviously very good. He's going to get some catches, but don't think he's faced a corner quite like Stingley so far this year. And so I think LSU, who is their seventh in the country in opponent pass in opponent passer rating. So I think they're going to be able to limit OU through the air, um, especially because I just, outside of C.D. Lamb, I don't think they're all that explosive. Um, and the other reason why I like LSU is because of turnovers. They're 16th in the nation uh, in turnover margin, while OU, 118th. So that's a pretty big discrepancy. I think that's going to come into fruition in this game. So I'm going to take LSU. Okay, I'm going with Trey. I'm going with Oklahoma to get the cover. Um, I think their offense is is going to have a good amount of success. You're just going to pick them until you finally get it. Well, I believe they beat Baylor in the uh, Big Twelve Championship, but I also believe they did not cover. True, I think I was on Baylor though in that game. I think I. Oh took... yeah, fair. I think you did actually. Yeah. Sorry anyway, to you know nice attempted burn, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I know LSU's defense has been playing a lot better lately, and I that was a good stat you pulled up about opponent passer rating, and Thanks. of course. Grant Delpit has is healthy now and and seems to be playing even better at the end of the season. But I don't think we can just completely throw away those games. Trey, you brought up I think Alabama and Ole Miss games, but also against Vandy and against Texas, they've been leaky at times. Especially that Ole Miss one would would scare me if I was an LSU fan. The way John Rice Plumley ran all over that defense. Yeah, maybe Jalen Hurts could could do the same thing. And on the other side of the ball. Um, the Ronnie Perkins suspension definitely hurts and you're just learning of the Turner yell suspension at safety that hurts as well. Um, but also for, for LSU, I think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire potential injury again, where right now, just based on what I've heard, I wouldn't expect him to play or if he does. Yeah, exactly. You feel like they, you would, they would have said something by now. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a hamstring and, and even if he does, maybe he's not even close to hundred percent, but, but either way, he's. He's there, of course, their workhorse at running back and and really he's super valuable, especially towards in the second half of the season through the air. The last seven games, he's averaged over six catches a game. So that'll take at least a little bit away from LSU's offense. I know they're going to basically score at will, but, you know, any little uh, advantage that OU can get will, will help. But mainly I'm taking OU for the same reason I took them last year against Alabama in the playoff semifinal is because that back door could be open. Yeah. Oh, you love your back. That's doors. exactly what happened last year. And that's, that's what I picked. So I'll do it again. Oklahoma. I could see that. All right. Uh, but we want to dive a little deeper into this game, Ryan. So we are going to put you on the hot seat. All right. Going to be burning Ryan. I'm ready. You feel the fire. Yeah. How, how's your, how's your, your butt? feeling <laughs> michael it's feeling pretty good nice all right ryan let's get it started which under the radar player do you think could have a big impact in this game uh all right i'm gonna go with uh lsu safety jacoby stevens uh he is a big safety he's 225 pounds so almost like a linebacker and he does kind of provide a lot of run support for this team and going up against a big quarterback that runs a lot like jalen hurts I think that means Jacoby Stevens is going to have a big role in trying to slow him down. Plus, he actually leads the team in sacks, which is a little surprising with five. So I could see him playing a, a, a having a big impact in this one. 
All right, next question. Which team's coaching staff do you trust more in this matchup? Yeah, this was a tough question for me, but I am ultimately going to have to go with LSU's. I know they're not playoff experienced like OSU, but you know they came through in their biggest games of the year, really especially against Alabama and Georgia. The offense hasn't been slowed down by anybody. Even when they faced Auburn, they only scored 23. They still put up over 500 yards of offense, so nobody's really been able to slow them down. So that kind of tells me they're prepared for whatever a defense is going to throw at them. So whatever Alex Grinch is going to try, I think Joe Brady and LSU is going to have the answer. And, you know, OU's made the playoff, but they've also lost. So I'm going to have to side with LSU here. All right. Next one. Over under 100 rushing yards for Jalen Hurts. Well, if you just look at his total, he's averaging under 100 yards per game so far this year, although it is pretty darn close. Um, I'm going to go under uh, right now. He just he has been able to put up some some big numbers, but I feel like it was mainly against some of the lower competition. He had some, some huge numbers against some lower foes. Um, in the Big 12 championship, he ran for just 38 yards. So I think that's something LSU, I know they struggled with John Rice Plumley earlier in the year, but I think that's something they're going to be really, really keying in on. Um, and they know that if they stop Jalen Hurts rushing, they, they can trust their secondary to be able to at least slow down the OU pass attack. So I'm going under. Okay. Who made more money for Joe Burrow this year, his receivers or Joe Brady? Yeah, well, they both certainly helped make Joe, Joe some money, but I'm going to have to go with Joe Brady. Uh, it's not like LSU hasn't had talented receivers before in their program. I mean, they've had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Dwayne Bowe, just guys after guys, and they've never had an offense like this. Plus, the guys that they actually have this year, I mean, they were there last year, and yeah, they were, I'm sure they improved getting a year older, stronger, or whatever, but no way they would have improved this much if it wasn't for Joe Brady. So, Joe Brady's the answer. He deserves the most of the credit. All right. Cool. Any more, any last thoughts on the uh, the Peach Bowl here? Is this the biggest spread we've seen in a playoff? What was the OU-Bama well, game? Last year, Alabama-OU was probably pretty close to this yeah it had to be similar yeah yeah okay. other than that i i don't remember yeah me neither well what about, oh, wasn't michigan state bama wouldn't that have been a, a while back ago that one was probably a pretty big spread too same with uh alabama washington yeah maybe not this big but right all right yeah moving on we got the playstation fiesta bowl number three clemson against number two ohio state and clemson is favored two and this one is very difficult to break down because you can't really find a weakness on on either side. I guess if there is one for for Ohio State, it's that they're 98th in the country in sack percentage on offense. Part of that is because of pass protection, but I think a lot of it is Jalen or Justin Fields holding on to the ball too long. So there's an advantage for Clemson because their defense is eighth in the country in sack percentage. So I think they can get some pressure on him. And even though Fields only has one pick, so he doesn't panic and throw interceptions, he has fumbled 11 times. So I could see a a big play happening like that. Um, But other than that, I mean, these two teams are just super evenly matched. It's really hard to pick. For me, it just comes down to the fact that I trust Clemson a little more because I've seen a lot of these players last year in the playoff, especially Trevor Lawrence and those receivers, dominate uh, on, on the biggest stage. Now, this time they're going up against maybe the best group of corners in the country in Ohio State, so I wouldn't expect them to dominate, but 
still. I just I just trust them a little more, a little, you know, trust Trevor Lawrence a little more than Justin Fields, who maybe won't even be 100% with that MCL. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's why I'm going Clemson minus two. I, I agree on how hard this game is to pick because they are so evenly matched. I mean, I could really make a case for both. When you look at this, they actually, these two played in the same game a few years ago in the playoff and Clemson won 31 nothing, but that's not going to happen here. That <laughs> is, this is a different, different, different game. Uh, but I'm going to take the Buckeyes. Uh, I know how dominant Clemson has been, but I just, to be honest, I just need to see them do it against a team like Ohio State. They've obviously been playing against the, the weaker, weaker foes. And it's not like Ohio State hasn't been dominating either. They've beaten every team on their schedule by double digits. Uh, it got a little hairy there against Wisconsin, but they bounced back and just dominated when they needed to. And the other thing is T. Higgins, a guy like him, he hasn't had to go up against an All-American like Okuda. Trevor Lawrence hasn't had a guy like Chase Young attacking mm-hmm. him. You know, but on, you know, on the other side, Ohio State hasn't had a guy like Isaiah Simmons coming after them. But, uh, I just think Ohio State has so many weapons. Fields, obviously Dobbins should be able to run. Olave, KJ Hill. I think they all can be effective. And Ohio, or sorry, Clemson, they have been super dominant in the last few weeks, but I'm just going to take the total body of work and Ohio State has just beaten a little bit better competition. So that's really the only reason I'm going with them. That's fair. Uh, just want to add in here that uh, the largest spread in college football playoff history uh, was last year. OU Alabama it was 14 and a half. So, OK. Yeah. Backdoor covered all the way there. They did. Um, yeah. You guys just, you know, hit the nail on the head with this one. There's just it's too hard to pick this game. <laughs> yeah. There's just no clear advantage. Michael's yours was the best. That was the most discrepancy in like as far as advantages, the sack percentage. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like everybody, they're all top five. And like every other statistic you look at, yards per play, yards per play, offense, given up, total defense, total rushing, everything you look at, it's just like, okay, what? I don't know. They're just so good at both. So I'm not going to pretend to to have a clue as to who's going to win this game. I am going to take Clemson, mainly just because of what Michael said as far as the experience. I think that does matter. And I've seen these guys make those huge plays before. Justin Ross was insane last year against Alabama. Trevor Lawrence was insane last year against Alabama, making amazing plays. And they've Ohio State's obviously been dominant, but maybe they've just shown a little bit of vulnerability in the last couple games they've played. That's splitting hairs, but it is also not entirely false. So I'm going to take Clemson uh, by the skin of their teeth. I said they win by about a field goal. It should be a great game. But uh, yeah, Tigers. Honestly, in this, I'm almost more excited for this particular game than I am either one of these playing against LSU. Like, I think this is, it could essentially be the national championship. We'll see. I mean, we always said that it's the, the top three teams are yeah. the clear top three. So yeah, I just hope this one lives up to it. It, it should. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, before we close out the episode here, Trey, we're going to put you on the hot seat this time All right. and ask you four questions about, uh, about the Fiesta Bowl. Okay, Trey, if I came back from the future and told you the final score of this game was 31 nothing, huh. who would you guess won the game? I'm going to say Ohio State would return the favor. Uh, the reason I say that is just because Clemson hasn't faced a defense nearly as good as Ohio State, and I wouldn't be completely stunned if Ohio State held them in check. Now, 31 nothing would be insane, but... Uh, 
just because no one's been able to do that to Clemson, but I'll say Ohio State. All right, you heard it here first. Trey is picking Ohio State 31 nothing. <laughs> yep. And it wouldn't All even right. surprise him. It's a, it's a bold call. Uh, which individual matchup are you most looking forward to? Oh, yeah. Well, I kind of touched on this in my preview. I'd say Jeffrey Okuda versus T. Higgins. Uh, he might line up against Justin Ross a little bit too, but Higgins has been the the deep play, big play threat. If Okuda can shut down half the field, then Clemson's going to have a little bit steeper climb. Okay, next one. Who will have more rushing yards, J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne? I'm going to go Dobbins just because Ohio State has ridden him a lot more than Clemson has Etienne. He's actually had 100 more carries than Etienne. But now if you ask me who needs to have a bigger game to win, I'd say Etienne. Uh, it's going to be hard for Clemson to win, I think, if Ohio State completely shuts him down. Okay, final one here. Who wins the 2020 Heisman? A player in this game or the field? I'm gonna, I got to take the field. Uh, I can see the reason why people would, would take a player in this game with all the, you know, arguably next year's favorites in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Not to mention all the other talent that litters the field, but you know, look alone. Look at this year alone. Joe Burrow. He was what two hundred to one or so before the year, and he ended up winning. Maybe Tua comes back if he's healthy and wants to stay in college. Oh, he's going pro. Some Oklahoma. Oh, he's going pro. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And then you know, there's going to be probably someone we're not even not even on our radar right now that's going to jump up and, and be in the mix. So that's why I got to take the field. Charlie Brewer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess, hey, Michael, careful. I guess. Careful. I, yeah. No, I should be careful because <laughs> I probably would have said if you would have said Joe Burrow, I'd have been like, no way. Before the year. Before the year. Although Ryan, yeah. you actually did before the year. We asked yeah. you a question of I think it was if the Heisman winner comes from the SEC West uh-huh. and it's not Tua, yeah. who would it be? And I yeah. think you answered Joe Burrow. I did. Which is okay. decent. I wouldn't call it like a crazy prediction when you. Yeah. I mean, who else are you going to go with? It's the next best team and the quarterback for the yeah, next people, best team. People said Dark Horse, Bo Nix. I mean, not yeah, no, people was... were talking Bo Nix or even um, Joey Gatewood. Joey Gatewood. Yeah, true. But <laughs> people, <laughs> those stupid people, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have been super high on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was so high on Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. Oh my God. Didn't work out. Nah, uh, not so much. Anyway. That'll do it for our New Year's Six preview episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy these playoff games. I hope there are a couple of great games. And of course, want to qualify it. There could be like a meteor strike or something between now and when this episode oh, is released. Right. If that's the case, then, you know. It was nice knowing you. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but still leave us five stars, you know, before it hits, because that would <laughs> give us a nice little boost. So, And spread the word. Don't call it playoffs. Thank you. Thank you. No S on playoff. Appreciate that, Trey. Uh, And we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.
Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm.